Welcome back, guys. Another hey. episode. We are doing 24-7 today. <laughs> <laughs> but I still work, TJ. Yeah, yeah. So um, what are we going to talk about today, guys? We are going to talk about No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Cue the music. Cue the music. Tend to win everything, call it. And we're back. <laughs> Woo! That music was that like, great, epically great. Oh, that's like that's a great intro that you picked. So this is your movie selection this week, right, Tony? Pardon? This is your selection this week. Yes, it is okay. my selection. Yeah. And why did you pick this film? I just. Uh... Uh, when I saw it, I, it just did it. Uh, it really, I thought, I really thought it was great. Uh, also, I guess um, I wanted to pick a Coen Brothers movie. I'm a big fan of the Coen Brothers. Uh, the first Coen Brothers movie I saw was Fargo, and I really enjoyed it. I really liked certain styles and themes that I'll get into. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just wanted to pick uh, one of their more popular ones and ones that you guys and the viewers probably saw. Right. And, you know, it still has the Coen Brothers uh, style to it. And I think this is a great movie to for that. And what is the movie kind of about? Uh, no Country for Old Men. It's basically about, you know, kind of like a, a Mexican a drug, a drug trade gone wrong. Uh, the protagonist, he uh, he's like... Um, He's like a hunter and he comes across the area. He finds a bunch of money. And then the rest of the time is just a goose chase between, between the, the cartel, the cartel looking for him, the psychopathic killer, Anton, mm-hmm. who is the main character in this movie, uh, basically looking for him, a bounty hunter looking for Anton and the, the old man sheriff trying to figure things out. And in the style of the Coen Brothers, the way the movie goes is not your typical. It doesn't. It doesn't typically. It doesn't go the way the movies typically go. There's a lot of raw, unexpected violence. There's a lot of raw, unexpected events that reflect more um, the way real life goes, right? And but not exactly. Okay. Because real life, it doesn't it doesn't play like me. Like when when a hero dies in a movie, let's say Batman dies in a movie or gets hurt in a the movie, there's drama, special effects, whatever. Yeah. When it happens in real life, someone gets shot or whatever, he dies, it's like really silent and cold, right? right? Coen Brothers does it the second way. However, they also add a style to it like comedy or right. ironic scenarios or or uh so, so that's what, the way I see it. 
Yeah. Perfect. So we'll get into that. Just before yeah. that, we're just going to talk about 2007 and the movies that came out yeah. in that year. So very, um, I think me and Aaron have a comment to make about one of the movies, but we'll get to that. <laughs> so um, notable movies in 2007, um, you had um, Eastern Provinces, Eastern Provinces, a very excellent film. Uh, of course, you had twenty week, uh, twenty eight weeks later. Uh, you had um, American Gangster, Three Ten to Yuma, which is another western. Actually, this year you had uh, three prominent westerns. You also had the assassination of Jesse James, an excellent film as well. Actually, it has Casey Affleck in it. Sorry, just off uh, podcast, we were just talking about Casey Affleck, and and uh, he's actually in that film. And of course, we have Aaron. What's the film in two thousand seven? There will be blood. There will be blood. <laughs> No country for old men all the way. <laughs> well, actually, I love that. I really love that movie. They're, really both, the they're both like the fact that both those movies came out in the same year and then they're like both like masterpiece level movies. Is, it, it, honestly, it, it's lucky that, that we got to watch them yeah. both. And I, all I, I just joke around because when I watched There Will Be Blood, I complained how no I before I saw No Country for Old Men. It's like you complaining about it winning the best picture, but then me actually, too, me too. It's well deserved, but I'm still biased, and that's okay. <laughs> for sure, uh, like just a quick comment on that, really quickly. Like I, I No Country for Old Men. It's like a very memorable movie for me because it kind of like just personally, it kind of like demonstrated how much I've like grown as a movie watcher because. Mm-hmm. When I watched There Will Be Blood, I kind of was already like, I kind of felt like I kind of was like a little bit like more educated as far as cinemas goes. And that's why I really liked There Will Be Blood so much. And I was like, how did this not win against this movie, No Country for All Men? But it's because I wasn't, I didn't understand Westerns and I didn't yeah. understand, you know. But you had, you have the, the, uh, those home run, you have a home run one for one hitter, like. Daniel Day-Lewis, he's one for one for every movie. Almost every movie he does wins yeah. an Academy Award. So that kind of like, they they kind of had a, a an advantage. Yeah, <laughs> but the film actor. itself is a very good film. Too. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Besides yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis, of yeah. course, he, he, his, his, his performance is, is unreal. But I mean, like, just from a movie standpoint, like, I yeah. when I watched No Country for All Men, I was like, how did the hell did this movie win, like, against well, WB Blood? <laughs> But now that I'm older and, and I understand and I yeah. appreciate Westerns a lot more. Yeah. Remember, though, remember, though, that... Oh, shit, you're okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> remember, though, that some, sometimes actors or filmmakers win an, uh, an Oscar because they're due. Yeah. I'm not saying this Leonardo was the case. I'm not, saying, I'm, saying, I'm not saying this was the case, but Coen Brothers did a lot of movies before this one that were excellent, but they didn't win any awards. So I don't know. But I don't feel that this was due to that. This film is actually deserving of the of, of the movie. Um, yeah. But that's, yeah. Only, that's only afterwards that I've come to kind of understand that. But anyways, we can dive deep more deep into it, uh, Tony. Uh, take us away. All right. Well, it's obviously made by the, like I said, the Cohen brothers, Joel and Ethel Cohen. Uh, notable movies before this one was Blood Simple in 84, Fargo and The Big Lebowski, which I'm sure everyone knows. Um, their films are usually American-based, usually South and West America. Fargo being an exception, obviously North Dakota, Minneapolis for Aaron. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
they usually write, direct, and produce all their films. Mm-hmm. And they, they're known to play with themes. Yeah, the theme in this movie in particular is themes of fate, conscience, and circumstance. Fate being random things that happen to you. Uh, conscience being probably like the way the killer has his own set of principles yeah. and rules. And then mm-hmm. people people have their own principles <laughs> and what's right, what's wrong, and circumstance. I just want to add something quickly. Yeah, I ahead. find a lot of their films also have a lot of dark comedy elements. Oh, yeah. It's very dark, dark morbid comedy. There's very morbid comedy in these movies. Um, Maybe not in the this. violence yeah, comes yeah. out of nowhere. You don't know where it comes from. And it could be very grotesque at times. And yeah. Uh, so this movie in particular was based on Cormac McCarthy's 2005 novel of the same name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main actors, Tommy Lee Jones, who plays uh, Tom Bell. Uh, uh, that's the the sheriff, the old man, mm-hmm. and then Josh Brolin, who played uh, who plays um, Llewellyn, Llewellyn Moss. Llewellyn. Moss. Llewellyn. Uh, actually, that role was initially offered to Heath Ledger. I don't really? think he knew that. Yeah. So that role was offered to Heath Ledger, but I think uh, what happened was he just had a newborn baby, and he didn't he didn't want to he didn't have the time to. Uh, to uh to do this film and actually Josh Brolin wasn't their first choice at all and actually Josh Brolin he he asked for help from Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez to lobby for him and make uh, an, an audition uh, reel for him and they helped push the oh, wow. directors put more give more attention for him and in the end they chose him wow yeah and obviously yeah good for him I think he did a good job. And then uh obviously the psychopathic killer Anton Sugar. Can we say can we just say like one of the greatest film villains probably of all time? Yeah. Bourdain. I think he did Javier a great Bourdain job. Did such a good job. I think he did a great job and actually I read somewhere a long time ago that uh psychologists were asked can you look at movies and pick the most the psychopath, yeah. a psychopath serial, because they've they've interviewed real life right, psychopaths. Yeah. Which movie villain resembles the most of an actual psychotic, a psychopath? And they chose him. Yeah, I'm not even surprised. They chose no. him. They said he he reflects the mm-hmm. most uh, based on his acting and based on his behavior and his decisions. He pays. He reflects most on the. I find that so fascinating because I think it's he really does a good job because like in movies a lot of the times they go. To the extremes, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. psychopath. He's good. That's all he does is he kills. And he, but here is a character. What makes him so scary is that he's able to be disciplined. He's able to be like, and he has principles, ac- ac- and he has his principles. own set of moralities. Exactly. Yeah, so and he doesn't how, break them no matter what. And that's what that's makes how so that's scary. How, that's more reflective of like, like, there's no like a psychopath. Like a name of psychopath that's like extreme psychopath, just like murder, murder, murder. Like no, <laughs> but this guy, he has principles. Yeah, he's like no, like I gave, I, I gave him my word. Yeah, even though it's psychotic because he gave him his word that he's gonna kill his wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but right. he gave him his word, and he can't go against his word, right? So he has principles. Gotta love. Yeah, it. just like the coin, <laughs> he, he has he, his coin flipping too, coin right? Flip, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. We're going to talk about that, the whole coin flip thing. It's a bit, honestly, I know the whole coin flip and circumstance and fate and, and accidents happen in this movie. That's the theme of the movie. 
I haven't studied it that hard. I have a hard time grasping it, but I have an idea. Just just before we beginning, yeah. what is that? Uh, what's that? I'm looking for that word where it's like in westerns where they have it, it's a common thing in a western. They're going after this one thing, you know, like the treasure or whatever. Oh, what is, what's the name of that word? Sure, but know. you know what I'm talking about, right? I'm not sure about the name. I never. I haven't okay. watched many westerns. Okay. All right. <laughs> all, all the gold <laughs> bounty. Yes. No, there's a specific word that's to use, oh. but I'll find it out. Okay. So, uh, so going just uh, just going on that. Uh, the the film did pretty well. It well, I don't know, I don't know how well this is considered, but it was a twenty five million dollar budget, and it grossed one hundred seventy one million. So that's not bad, but I think its best accomplishment is winning, uh, to your guys' happiness, best picture, <laughs> <laughs> best director in this case, directors yeah. and best adapt adapted screenplay. So three Oscars, baby. Didn't uh, <laughs> Devin, Devin, didn't Javier Bardem win as well? Um, I'm pretty sure he did. Well, I'm, I'm a, I actually, when I read this, I'm, they might have only been talking about the directors. I'm not sure if he won or not. Um, uh, I guess we could check that out. Let's check. Yeah, he won Best Supporting Actor 2008. Wow, okay. So yeah. four Oscars. Yeah. Great. And uh, just like our previous movie, um, Eyes Wide Shut, which some people say it was the best film of the decade, some uh, some various sources also claim this movie to be the best movie of the decade. And 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 what I find amazing about that is because it's it's. It's a, a genre that was kind of like extinct in a in a sense. Uh, no, I wouldn't say extinct, but it's a it's an older genre that's not as um, prominent now. Yeah, you know, the western. Um, so, uh, so that's my intro to the movie. Uh, what did you guys What did you guys think of the movie? Aaron, uh, Aaron. Uh, I mean, uh, I I love it. I watched I watched the movie actually very recently, just out of like pure you, you know why actually it's because i watched there will be blood <laughs> again and then funny enough i was like okay like let me watch these two movies side by side and like now i'll see which one i think and uh is is deserving and then this last time i watched it in particular i really really enjoyed it um yeah. so yeah i mean it's a uh, it, it's like you guys said it, it's like a western movie it's not um a particularly popular genre but they like almost kind of like modernized it i guess you'd say extremely well um yeah, and, and then at, the example of a modern restaurant but you, yeah uh, just this is a side note you both you guys know this movie was set in 1980 right yes okay i forgot that but yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah. Uh, um i think this movie did a lot of uh, interesting things too in the sense like um you know uh the fact that he uses that weapon you know, like the air weapon and stuff yeah, like that. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a definitely a Coen Brothers thing, just to twist things around. And just, just and it's a comedic element to it too. Yeah, right? and a very comedic element. Yeah, and morbid comedy. Yeah, and and it's funny because I very distinctly remember at the time when the movie came out, people talking about that and like talking about the like the realness of it, I guess. And then there's a yeah. lot of stuff too about how because he was using the weapon like that and then it's quiet obviously right when he uses it or at least it's uh, it's it's like silencers and stuff like that like i remember there was a, a lot of discussion about like if weapons like this exist and like if they could if uh, like if they're real or not and that type of stuff so i remember even like 
minor elements of the movie having like a major impact on like the like conversation in like the news and the media at the time so uh, uh it's a great movie i loved it um I, i'm uh, i'm happy you chose it this week i find when in the beginning of the movie when he's in the field uh, not in the field in the desert and there's cars and he's walking around and in general the whole movie the way it was filmed um there's um the 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 pictures they chose and the angles they chose is more like a real life type of angle you're yeah. kind of a little far away i was gonna actually go into that because yeah, go the, the cinematographer it's uh roger deakins i don't know okay. if you know him but uh, basically very very famous for his his use of color and actually denis veneuve has used him on films like prisoners and um if you watch a film like prisoners or or even blade runner you'll see it's a very similar cinematographic uh, style that they use. Um, yeah, I mean, just in general, when he was walking around in the desert with those cars and then just looking around, or when he was far away and he, he looks at with his binoculars, I mean, I, I'm really feeling the movie vibes. I'm really feeling like I'm I'm into this. I'm like, I'm into the adventure, you know? Right. I think it's, I, I really, I was really into the whole story. And I think a lot of it has to do with like the way that it was done. Were you, did, did you find that Aaron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, so too, just to, to add on what we were saying about like what I thought about the movie. So when I first watched this movie, I really didn't like this movie. <laughs> uh, I. <laughs> I, I never saw a Western or I wasn't introduced to this kind of film. And I was just kind of mad, like with like Aaron, I kind of like thought that there will be blood got robbed. <laughs> um, but it's kind of funny. I find that uh, Western films are kind of like an acquired taste. You kind of mature, uh, very similar to like jazz music, I find. And uh, I find it's not a coincidence that a lot of the great filmmakers, their fam famous, their favorite directors and their favorite films are Western movies. Because Western movies, and uh, and by the way, the, the word I was looking for, it's called a MacGuffin. So MacGuffin is a, a tool or an object that people are chasing afterwards. It happens very often in, in, in Western thoughts. Um, okay. So that's uh, so the MacGuffin in this film would be the, the box full of money, right? That he finds like the yeah. half a million dollars. Whatever. So um so yeah, because the 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 script is so bare bones and it's so kind of like really like very easy to follow it allows this kind of creative expression for cinematography for little bits of dialogue for like little nuances you know like in westerns that really that really come out and shine yeah um so i find that like this movie once i understood the western more and because of films from sergio leone like this full of dollars trilogy and that kind of stuff and i really started loving western when i went back and watched this film i was like this is an amazing movie good this is an amazing movie yeah yeah I think uh, I think Western movies too. I don't know if maybe I'm off base here, but like I find Western movies and these these styles of movies as you get a little bit older, it's they're like an acquired taste. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like as you get a little bit older, you start to like have a, a little bit more appreciation for them. So the fact that you kind of mentioned it like that, like jazz music or something, like I would never be into that stuff. But now that I'm older, it's like I have such a so much more appreciation for it as I like. Definitely. as i age and it's kind and of like, the same same era right too yeah those, yeah you see um, the themes differently as you 
gain a little bit more wisdom or like maybe there's a little bit more on the line. Like the second time I watched the movie, I had so much more in, um, in uh, like so much more in comparison to the main character in the sense of like, you know, like uh, uh, having a wife or whatever, having like uh, these responsibilities or having, you know what I mean? Like you have something like if you're younger, maybe you can't like um, relate to the main character as much. But then as I got older and then like there's so much more on the line, I feel like you can appreciate it a little bit more as you have a little bit more like wisdom in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah, your, your, your tastes are more refined and uh, the simplicity, sometimes you can appreciate a lot more than something that's like a little bit more captivating or like flashy in your face, kind of like, a, not to take anything away from like Inception of those films that we talked yeah. about, like Christopher Nolan's kind of style, which is a little bit more like intellectual, but also flashy in a sense, you know? Yeah. Westerns are yeah. very dumbed down and kind of like, uh, stripped but because of that there's so much more exposure like i said to things that are more that are more beautiful and more nuanced that you can appreciate a lot more yeah yeah the gritty it, the other the other thing that's interesting the movie doesn't have a ton of music we i know we were talking about jazz music but like uh i remember i, think, I, I don't think there's I no music think. at all i think i think it's that's possible i think yeah. there's no music at all uh, yeah that's kind of that's kind of crazy bring that up, i think yeah. if you think about it right like if you consider music, I know we always like skip over that part in a lot of movies, but like music's such a massive part of movies. And then, so if you want to talk like bare bones, the fact the movie's so good and then uh, it doesn't have like so, so much dialogue. And then at the same time, like right. uh, it, goes, it doesn't have a ton of music. It doesn't yeah. have either a ton of music or maybe even any music. I'm not sure. But it goes back to what I was saying before, like the Coen Brothers style is less about making drama if someone dies, there's no drama, there's no music. They make it as realistic as possible, but at the same time, not being realistic. But that's one of the reasons there's no music. And I think there's it's not the it's not the only movie. I, I don't think Fargo had much music either. <laughs> yeah. What uh, two things I wanted to say really quickly about this movie is that um like like kind of I think a film like The Good, the Bad, the Ugly kind of introduced the Western where you have like three kind of main characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh this movie mm. has that. True, true. But but in a different way, in a yes. different sense, you know. Tommy Lee Jones's character, he's always just one step behind all the time, you know. Yeah. He's always just like because he's old, right? Yeah. And I find yeah. that's like so that's so funny, you know? Yeah. And it's really for that title, you know. He's always like he's just in the midst of catching the Shigil or whatever, he's just yeah. rises a little bit too late. And or the script actually is kind of there's there's kind of like a a complication to it like there there is a lot of depth to the to the film almost to a point where it's almost mysterious because they introduce these characters and you can sit, you can see like there's a hierarchy like especially where um what's his name's character uh Woody Harrelson's yeah. character and then they the boss right. that Jigal uh, comes yeah. in and kills so they introduce all of this kind of like a background story to it so there's a little bit of more like um sophisticatedness to yeah. the story but not too much just enough so that you and very can simple like, yeah so, so you can gather some very clear and simple he's a bounty hunter that's it and then he, yeah. he 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 meets him and then meets his fate and that's it and that's it you know yeah so it's like very interesting in that in that regard um it was hilarious by the way the when he when the bounty hunter was meeting his boss in the office yeah and he just got, it's like i don't know just how, Woody, I, I just i just think woody harrelson is just so funny like any anything he any movie he plays any yeah. role he plays he's just naturally funny and I just i just found that super funny like the one part one part in particular he's he was about to leave and he's like I noticed on the way up, 
this is like the eighth floor, but I count oh, yeah. seven. And then the guy's like, we'll look into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, but, he, uh, yeah. He's definitely in the wrong place, wrong, like... He, he's in over his head so badly uh that character in this movie like he's like the, it's like you said with the hierarchy aspect like he doesn't yeah he doesn't know what water he's swimming in you know what i mean right exactly he, but he's with the he's with the big dogs he's with the sharks at the end the, and then the other yeah. aspect i was gonna say is that like um javier bardem's character he kind of has an element of um He's like a force of nature, you know, like yeah. something that's like mm. there's a mystical element to him, you know. Yeah. And I find that really cool at the end, like when he has a car crash, you know. Yeah. It shows you that like he's not invincible, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he, but he, even yeah, even in the in the in the most horrific situations where he gets hurt, yeah, he still shows no emotions. I know he has. Some, yeah. He's a, he's a true psychopath. Yeah. Because he has zero emotions and zero empathy and yeah. zero sympathy. A lot of the murders he does in this movie, uh, I mean, it's as if he's um, making a peanut butter sandwich. You know, right. so. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good analogy, but it's actually. True. I mean, it's really. It's like, yeah, it's like when he gets when he gets injured too at the hotel, and it, like you said, he, there's very little like uh, it's it's like another day in the office for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, he just he just focuses on what needs to be done, and. Yeah. Uh, People have to get trained for that. Let's say emergency workers. Okay, when there's an emergency, don't put your emotions. Just focus on what you need to be done. This character never needed to be taught that. Yeah, he never shows emotion. And um, you know, Josh Brolin's character on the opposite end, he's always like, that's what's kind of holds holds him back in a sense, right? Yeah. Because he always has a responsibility and he always yeah. has like, the yeah. worriness and all these feelings. And, and at the end, and. Uh, Two things that I liked about Josh Brolin was that they made him realistic in two senses. One, in the end, he chose not to sacrifice himself for his wife. Yeah. So he kind of was sort of bad in that way. Yeah. And he realistically, he wanted to take him on himself. Yes. And he knew he was not like the thing, but he he wanted to do it anyway. He chose to be selfish. And one part that I really liked about this movie is that he was on his way, he got his money, he got out of the hospital, he crossed the border, he was on his way, uh, he was on his way to the hotel, you know, we would get the feeling that things were going to be happening, maybe there's going to be a shootout, mm-hmm. and they they cut to the the sheriff, and just casually, he walks into the hotel, and there he is, dead on the floor. <laughs> we didn't get to see anything. Anything, yeah. We just saw him dead on the floor, and we don't know what happened, and that's, like, how real life is. Right. The heroes, they don't get their, their, their dramatic ending, dramatic cinema ending. They just, like real life, you just just found them dead. And I really, I really like that part. That's a lot. That's very Coen Brothers style. Right. Um, so, to, so to add, I think that one of the most iconic scenes of the movie is when he goes into the, uh, the gas store. Or the the, the, gas, the station. gas station, sorry. Yeah. And uh, you know, he makes that epic speech of this this coin was made in eighteen, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. traveled seventy-five years to to do this this coin flip. Yeah, to get and the to guy this is place. asking, like, why why am I flipping this coin? He also mentioned that in the ending when he met uh Lewin's wife. Right, uh, yeah. He asked her to call it, and she said, It's not the coin, it's you. 
And then he said something very deep, which I still don't really understand. He said, I got here the same way the coin did. And huh. uh, yeah, I got to watch and go to Reddit. I should have read it at this movie too. But, but I think what he's trying to say is that I came here by circumstance, just like the coin. Exactly. That's what I you think know, he's trying to say. Circumstance and chance and fate. <clears throat> Uh, like me here, make, just like the queen yeah, did. Make, make these scenarios happening. I think that's exactly what you're trying to say. That I love the line where the guy says, "Like, what am I flipping for?" And he says, "Everything." <laughs> and, and and what's amazing about that scene is you get so much information from that scene. You get the guy's whole backstory about how he got the gas station out. Yeah, and, and yeah. It, it almost like passes you by. You don't even realize. Like it's a, like when you just sit down to think about what just happened. You're like, oh my god! Like I got the whole story about how he came to, to be here, you know, and like, is he meant to be there? Is like, it's, you know, that's the, the irony of the whole thing is that like, he made a decision that led him to here. And he, is he really meant to be here? And I think that's what Chagall's kind of like, he's almost like he's um, challenging him. You yeah. Know? Yeah. In, a, in that sense. Yeah. Cause he got the, he got the story given to him too, by his wife's family, yeah, I guess. Right. Exactly. And then and uh, he looks down upon him. Exactly. That, you know? That's what I was going to say. He, he doesn't like that. He's no. he like, doesn't think he wants he to, he wants to kill him. I he mean, like, does want to kill him. he does want to, and, but he's so disciplined and he respects what he, what he, his rules, like you said, yeah, you his know? own rules. His that's, rules, a, that's yeah. fascinating. You know? Yeah, it's funny. There's so much tension in that scene, and then when he flips right, it's it's funny because you literally at that moment feel all the tension disappear. Yeah, yeah. Before yeah. we before we finish, I want to mention something, um, and I think a lot of I think uh, this happened to a lot of people is that when when they see this story, they don't really pay attention to the sheriff's story. Uh, yeah. because the yeah, sheriff sure. has his own side story, but there's so much going on with the other two that even myself, uh, th- I saw this in the theaters actually uh, when it came out and I might've seen it once or twice after, but I don't really remember like the last scene where he, he's telling he's his talking, wife, telling his wife or, or before that, when he's talking to his father or his uncle. Yeah. He has the dream, right? And then, and then at the, at the end, he he's talking to his wife about the dream, and there's a whole story with the sheriff and about getting old. Maybe it's because maybe it's because we're younger, we don't actually uh, synchronize as much with that. But uh, there's a story there too, you know. And the movie's about that too. And uh, like I said, I'm the I'm one of the guilty ones that didn't really pay attention really to that story, and I had to play the the last dialogue twice. But basically, uh, in his dream, he meets his dad, and his dad is going somewhere. And then uh, you're coming with me, and I think that that symbolizes his death or his right. his yeah. eventual death. But uh, yeah, there was some there was some something about that as well. The sheriff. Yeah, I, I mean I, the title I of the. Yeah, I don't know if you know, but the the. No- the novella or what, or the book i forget it's it's based on a, a book oh yeah yeah uh... it, but the the apparently there's a massive part in in i don't remember if it's a book or a novella but the a, a major part of it is actually the backstory of the sheriff like the original yeah. source material and then they didn't get a chance to talk about that yeah it, i think that what uh, happened was they they might have not they might have skipped a lot of that <laughs> for this yeah movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think that probably plays a role in, in some of the like feelings that you're having related to. Uh... Yeah. Cause I mean, the movie's called no country for old men. He's an old man. Um, and it doesn't, and the title doesn't really reflect what most people view the movie as. It could, it might have just been called uh, "Heist Gone Wrong" or uh... <laughs> <laughs> "Mafia Psychopath." <laughs> Kill the psycho before he kills you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, um, like a lot of other movies, like cult classic movies. Uh, Anton Jigel or Javier Bartim's character, he kind of like is what people watch the movie for. True. And he is definitely, he kind of steals the show, much like a Joker, like the Heath Ledger Joker in The Dark Knight, much like a character, a character like that. Yeah. But the film, even besides him, is just an amazing yeah. movie in general. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, 2000, was it seven? 2007. Yeah. yeah like those two movies, um, yeah, not much more to say. Two fantastic films. I mean, uh, very different films. Yeah, uh, you're talking about uh, there will be blood, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, very good films, but very different films. <laughs> Actually, Some... you... oh, something else interesting was... that I saw was that the two films were um, were shot, I think, around the same time, and both of them even were shot in this like similar location. So even though the movies are both, I'm pretty sure about Texas. The, the apparently they were shooting in the same spots in New Mexico and they had to like kind of work with each other or they had to, yeah take turns actually which so it's funny how in it, obviously the movies are very different but it's funny how we naturally draw a comparison to both of those movies and then they they end up ha actually having like some interesting similarities between the two of them well Tony I'm really happy that you brought this movie because it's uh, like I said it's a movie that really in my let's say like cinema you know when i like when i think of picking movies i just think of movies that i saw and the way i picked memento and the way i picked this one is just i just try to remember movies that i saw that i liked and then it's always like okay 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 and then memento oh wow i have to this one's really good i have to play this one mm -hmm. and same thing with no control man for old men i just like i was thinking thinking and then i saw this one and it just i had a click you know and uh that click translate to a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Any closing comments for you, uh, Aaron? No, I'm just uh, super, like always, like uh, when you pick winners, like especially like movies, like best pictures and stuff like that, you're, it's nice to get the opportunity to watch these movies again because they're kind of, well, no, they are in a lot of ways in their own rights, like masterpieces or whatever. So, it's it's nice to get the opportunity to watch a movie like this again and then to discuss it with people and like kind of share our opinions on it it's uh it's a luxury that i'm i'm very fortunate that we got the chance to do yeah i'm happy it turned out well awesome all right guys well thank you for tuning in um next week it's going to be aaron's choice uh, movie and then the week after we're gonna have a special episode i believe because that will be no, the, the, the week after is yours oh it's weeks after is mine oh nice and okay. then it's the last one. and then it's the last one okay yeah, yeah. then we'll have a special episode so yeah. to uh, kind of wrap up the first season um so as always thank you for tuning in and uh peace out <laughs> peace out guys see you guys cue the music cue the music <laughs>